In this episode, I speak with Sarah from Taki Fit out in Hawaii. She's running an amazing basketball program out there. If you've seen the videos on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, you know that the, the players she's helping develop are absolutely incredible. Enjoy the listen. Let's get started. Um, I'm, I'm really thankful and excited to have you on today. Uh, your videos your, your videos are awesome. I am with Sarah from Taki Fit, and she runs a basketball training center. Uh, it's a basketball training program. Okay. We're okay. looking to eventually hopefully have a center one day. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. I, I, I do soccer in Minnesota or futsal in Minnesota. and It's a game changer, right? If you have your own center. Definitely. You can run whatever programs you want through it at any time. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about your background. You know, when I first came across your videos, I was I was blown away. You're so talented. Let's talk a little bit about your playing experience and how you got started in the game. Well, I've always played basketball my whole life growing up. I think my mom has like videos of me dribbling around at like three years old and stuff. So, I mean, I would always watch basketball with my auntie and my dad growing up too. I always enjoyed basketball. Um, I played probably for teams starting like at third grade and then I played all the way through varsity for my um, high school team. Okay. I started as point guard there all four years. And then like long story short, I kind of lost passion for the game after high school. So I decided to actually not pursue college ball. A lot of my coaches, like my high school coaches, though, my club team coaches, they wanted me to, you know, try to play at the college level. Sort of at that time in my life, I just didn't have that drive and that passion that you sort of need, you know, at the collegiate level that's demanded of you. Yeah. And so I just decided to focus on school right after college. So where'd you go to school? Uh, I went to school at San Diego State. Yeah. And okay. I graduated with a bachelor's in kinesiology with emphasis in okay nice nice and now you're back to basketball yes it did come back into my life so yeah. how did that get back in in into your life well when i was at san diego state i did a internship over at pearl harbor hickam so i was living in hawaii for about three four months once that internship ended i i really liked hawaii you know i love the beaches the food the people here are really awesome they're super nice and friendly so by the time that internship ended, I just decided, you know, I want to try to move out here after school, you know, see if I can kind of get a new chapter of my life going here. So uh, once I graduated, I moved out here and then I met Jose, who is actually one of my trainers in, in the Talkie Fit program now. Um, I had met him when I first moved out here and he was really into the whole basketball scene here and he took me to go play at the park one day, like one-on-one. -on -one. And so we were playing and I almost won. At that time though, I wasn't playing for like over four years. Right. So that was like the first time I was back on the court. He'd asked me like, oh, did you play college ball at all? Cause you know, he thought I was pretty good. Um, and so I explained to him that I didn't. He was really um, encouraging me to try to walk on since I still had eligibility. And he had known a few girls that were playing for UH. And so he really thought that I could still play at that college level if I wanted to. So okay. that kind of inspired me to get back into basketball. I was like, okay, well, maybe I can still still play. So I started training a lot for myself, you know, just getting back into shape, getting back on the court, getting the feel for the game. Sure. Once I started doing all that, though, 
I actually blew out my knee. Oh, no. I tore my ACL uh, and meniscus. So that sort of set me back. At the same time, this is what led me to Taki Fit in my program today. Because I had that injury, I wasn't able to bear weight on it for like six weeks. I couldn't do very much, but I could you know, stand in place and dribble, do all the, the two ball drills that I was working on. Okay. So I started doing that and I started posting my progress with the two ball drills as long as, along with my rehab. And I don't, it just started to kind of take off. Like people became interested in what I was doing with the two, two ball drills. And that sort of motivated me to keep going. And I just kept trying to get better and better. And I, where i'm at right now <laughs> nice i want to touch on a ton of things here um but yeah. it, it's it's really interesting that that injury kind of catapulted you to where you're at right now and i look at things and let's say you didn't have that injury you would have potentially <laughs> gotten in, into the grind of college basketball and yeah. you, you could have seen things a whole lot differently than mm. you know you may be experiencing now i mean i i, I I'm a big believer in things happen for a reason. And, you know, as, as bad as the injury is, I mean, ACLs and, and meniscus tears are, are not fun to go through. But, I mean, look at you now. You're you're killing it. And and I think you've gotten a lot of perspective on things in terms of what you're doing with Hockey Fit. It's really intriguing to me that you went through and you played four years of varsity ball. You've been playing ball all your life, basically. And, and then you decide not to move forward in college. And I'm going to be honest, I was the same way. Um, it, it was just with soccer. I played when I was, you know, I started when I was about five, got into traveling when I was about 10, played pretty competitively through high school. And then my senior year in high school, I quit. I was set to be the captain of the team. Right. And um, I was going to be able to play with my younger brother for the first time ever. We've never played together on a team before. And so he was looking forward to that. And I, I was a bit, but to be honest with you, I was burned out. I, yeah. I I completely lost the passion of things. And um, so I stopped and my parents were surprised. My coaches were surprised. I mean, it was completely out of the blue, but I just couldn't take it anymore. And, you know, it took me maybe... 18 years to get back into the game again and have some interest again and you know it's i i literally i had nothing to do with the game over those you know around 18 years and um now i love it again and and what i love about it is it's different because it's a lot like what you're doing right when when i watch your videos there's so much creativity and joy and beauty to what you're doing and especially what you're doing with the kids that I'm, I'm really, really impressed. And I, I've said all along, like just kind of in general with youth sports these days is it's, it's tough to watch youth sports and the growth of youth sports sometimes right now, because it seems like everything is based on, on winning. So when I came across you and saw your videos and like you were having a blast, all of the stuff that you've been putting up, especially as of late with, with your training, all of the kids that you're showcasing, I, I'm so, so impressed with what you're doing. And like, there needs to be more of you <laughs> out there. I, I mean that. I mean, I, I seriously mean that wholeheartedly, you know, with what I, I'm doing with soccer right now is I, I'm taking a completely different 
approach than many of the soccer coaches, right? So I, I work predominantly with, with young women. So I open up a gym for a couple hours and there's about 18 to 20 of us, sometimes a, a bit more, and we just play. And during the course of the game, during the course of those two hours, you know, I'll be out there and I'll make suggestions to kids and, and encourage kids to try something this and try that and do something new this week. And But it's always just playing. It's not a lot of start and stop. It's not a lot of me yelling at kids it's just about them playing and being creative and like the biggest thing that I want to try to instill in them is to really embrace failure right I want them to try something and I want them to fail at it be able to laugh at themselves and be able to do it again I want everyone else around them to celebrate almost their failure, celebrate the fact that they actually tried something for the first time. Sure, it didn't work out, but everybody around them recognized that, wow, that was amazing. You took that step to, you know, try that move today. And those are some of the principles that I'm I'm really working on. And, it, and it's more based around creativity and the beauty of the game than anything, right? Because I don't want kids to be like you or me. I don't want them to get to be burned out from the game and lose the passion of the game because of something that I did. I don't want them to look back and say, uh, that dude, Kyle, (laughs) he ruined the damn game for me. me Right, exactly. (laughs) I don't want to be that guy because, you know, there honestly, there was that guy in my life, right? I had the coaches like that in my life and I know their names and I know exactly what they did and exactly what they said. And that's not what it's about, you know, to see what you're doing with these kids is, is fantastic. So why don't you talk a little bit about your philosophy of things and, and what you're doing in Hawaii? Well, I think sort of what you were mentioning about how you run your program i i kind of run mine exactly the same just with the experiences that i've had um you know saying that you were burnt out from playing or you just didn't have that drive anymore when you were a kid um and so i i want to sort of bring that to the kids in my program you know i want to keep it fun for them um all the same time that they're learning so that they enjoy the sport and you know whether they continue with it or not, as they get older, um, it's really important to me that we also teach them uh, sort of life skills and social skills that they can use outside of the court as well. That you know that will last a lifetime. So, for me, with the kids that I work with, <clears throat> I want to keep it fun for them, and at the same time, I also want to build their confidence too. I think part of why I probably didn't also pursue college basketball was because for whatever reason, I just sort of lacked the confidence that maybe I could play at the college level too, um, as well as just me being burnt out. But sort of the mixture of the two, I think, caused me to not pursue college ball at the time. Sure. And so now that I'm older and when I look back at it, I just feel like if I had somebody there to sort of guide me to help build my confidence and just keep the game fun where where it was beforehand, you know, um, then I, maybe I would, would have played and, and continued with it. And so for my program, that's what I want to help the kids with overall is just build their confidence, let them feel successful and like they can achieve certain things. Um, cause that goes a long way. I think just with self-esteem and, um, anything that you end up doing in life. 
um, and as well as just keeping it fun. And at the same time, while doing all that in the sport of basketball, I teach them these life skills of learning how to play on a team, right? Working with others, um, learning how to lead and just feel confident and, and speaking in a group. Um, Cause a lot of the kids that I work with now, uh, some of them, they just have a hard time even being able to talk in front of others. Yeah. Uh, you know, you just, I, I try to do these social kind of icebreaker exercises before we start training where they have to speak in front of the group. You know, they have to look everyone in the eye when they, and when they talk and, uh, for some kids, it, it, that's really challenging to do. And even at the, the high school level, a lot of kids have a hard time doing that. So um, just trying to give them little skills like that, that they can take on with them as they get older. And, you know, it, it'll go a long way just where they have to work and stuff too. <laughs> so. No, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's like little by little here. I mean, you're, you're just blowing me away because again, this, this goes so much beyond sports, so much beyond basketball, mm -hmm. right? We're, we're trying to help these kids with life lessons. Truthfully, there's a number of adults that can't speak in front of people. Right. Right? I mean, right. So um, it's, it's not easy to do, but what, what it takes is for you to go out and do it. So for you to put yeah. kids in situations where they have to speak in front of people and, and it's, it's not even just speaking in front of people. Like if they have to do a specific move that they've never done before, right. right. In front of somebody and can gain the confidence of, of being successful at that move. And yeah, it may not work the first time and it may not work mm -hmm. the second time, but once it does like that sense of confidence will go through the rough. And mm -hmm. that's, that, I mean, that's huge. That's, that's what you're developing. Yeah. And that's what we encourage to pretty much every training is, you know, we, we teach them a skill set and we, we always tell them, we don't expect you to be great at it right now. You can't expect yourself to be great at something you've never done before. Uh, but we always encourage them, you have to try it. Like in practice, in training, when you're here, that's the whole point why you're here is so that you can get better. So if you never use these moves, right, that we're trying to give you, if you never use them, you can't expect to be confident in doing them ever in your game. So this is the setting at practice, at training. This is the setting for you to try them. And you will mess up, but you learn from your mistakes. Okay, that didn't work this time because whatever happened, right? Okay, so now try this. Try it this way, right? So we just try to help them feel comfortable in, in trying new things or the new drills or the new you know skill work, whatever we're teaching them at that time. Sure. We just try to encourage them to use it because if you – never use it you never know so let, use it. Let, let me ask you this because this is something that i'm struggling with a bit um from just a pure coaching standpoint right mm -hmm. we'll have kind of the gym that i am i'm in in the program that i run and when we play these these young women are doing just very incredible things mm -hmm. we get to another gym or they go play with another team and it, it's funny because sometimes it's it's like i'm seeing two different players Right, because when they're with our program, they're mm -hmm. trying all this stuff and doing all this stuff. When they're right. with the team, like a team, they're not trying the same types of things, and they're they tense up and they, you know, they're yeah. they're not as confident. And so, this is something that I'm struggling with myself from a coaching standpoint. Is okay, right. how do we get over that hump, and how do we get out of that comfort zone of being in this program, and just like understanding that. 
This is a skill that you have that you can take to any court, to any field. You should just be able to use this skill that you've been working on so, so hard and that you've been successful at now, but it, it doesn't happen. So do you see some of the same things or are your kids just like getting out there and are they killing it? it it's definitely it's a confidence issue, right? All of a sudden you, you doubt yourself, right? And you're not able to do what the skills that you know you can do, right? So I feel like the older you get, right, the harder it is to sort of turn that switch on. There, there's just more uh, room, I guess, to lack confidence. But I feel like, at least in our program, with my younger kids, we try to instill that mentality and that confidence early. Sure. So there'll be drills where I, the rule is they have to use this move. That's the only way your point's going to count. Sure. And so, <laughs> so they have to use it. And then you just, you, if you keep doing that over and over, I feel like, and especially at a young age where when they're learning basketball, that that's the only thing they know then, right? That, that they only know that one move because in this game, I only have to use it. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so like when, for me, at least, working with the kids, if you instill that kind of at a young age, that's kind of all they know. And then when they see themselves succeeding at it, it just boosts their confidence, right? And, oh, okay, this is the move I know how to use. Oh, it works every time. And then when they go into their game, well, that, that's sort of all they know. And, right. and they've seen themselves succeed in it. So it's, it's easier, I think, to sort of mold mentality and your mindset and just confidence in how you think at a younger age than it is as you get older. So it's, it's sort of like that teaching an old dog new tricks thing. <laughs> no, 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 you're right. I, yeah. I, I, I agree a hundred percent. Now I'm going to ask you because I've seen on some of your videos, you have a few older kids that look like they're just starting out that they're just getting into your program right now. So what about those players because they didn't grow up in your system and, it, and and the only reason i ask is because a lot of the girls that i'm taking on are typically in middle school and high school right mm -hmm. and so they are a bit older and unfortunately I, we haven't or i haven't been able to you know mold them to mm -hmm. to that that real confident type of, of, of player that, that you're talking about. But I, I mean, I agree with you a hundred percent, but you know, what about some of the older kids that you're working with? You know, everybody's different. So some people it, it's kind of already within them, you know? So when you do show them these moves, they're not scared to use it in the game and they may not even practice it that much and they're still going to use it, you know? Yeah. So there's, there's people like that. And then there's people like how you're mentioning right now, right? They need a little bit more development. Um, and it takes them maybe a little bit longer to build confidence. But uh, in the end, usually I feel like confidence just comes from practice, repetition, but then also seeing yourself succeed at it. So just like my younger kids in my program, I sort of use the same tactics with the older kids. Like we you will show them the move how many times they have to do, how many reps of it, and then... Um, we put them in a situ in a more live situation where now you have to use it. And so, you know, as long as they're doing it consistently, uh, you know, every week and they're continuing to do it at some point, then they should start to see success at it. And then from there builds confidence. A, you have to have the skill work to do it, right. Which comes with practice, sure. but then 
you just have to keep encouraging it too because if they mess up you don't want to discourage them from trying it again so exactly. you have to just keep you just have to keep encouraging it and the more they do it they'll start to learn it and then you know just with more reps they'll finally get it and confidence will build from there i think and, and that's so important i mean that goes right with confidence in my opinion is it's really that positive reinforcement that is mm-hmm. going to keep them going, right? I, I, I don't think that it does any person any good to, you know, beat them down and verbally beat them down and yell at them yeah. and yell at them. I, I mean, especially at a young age, right? I, I just yeah. don't see the benefit of doing that. And so when you hit on the, the note of, you know, that positive reinforcement, I think mm-hmm. that is, that's such a big, big key in, in terms of boosting these kids' confidence. I mean, that's, yeah. it's, it's simple. <laughs> That's part, that's part of the reason um, why I also post so many of our, our training videos it is when we first started, it was really to help them see themselves succeed as well. For a majority of people, if you see yourself succeeding at it, it kind of encourages you to keep doing it, right? Or it gives you at least a positive feeling that you can do it. And so that that's also part of the reason why we also make so many training videos. It's so funny that you bring that up because I know how much work goes into those videos yeah. and, and what you put into those videos I do because I videotape every one of the sessions that, that I run as well because you hit it on the head. It's a tool for me, for the, the young athletes that I'm working with for them to be able to see themselves in a very positive light and to see that, yes, you can do it. And I've learned, and and people have actually told me that doing those videos has been probably one of the biggest successes of what I'm doing. It's funny that you bring that up because I was just going to say that. I was going to (laughs) say, you know, one of the the amazing things you're doing is all the videos you're putting together. So how long, how long have you been running your program? My program, it's been a little over three years now. When I was working out to, in hopes to play, right, uh, to walk on somewhere and play college ball, uh, I was doing just a lot of training for myself. Um, So I would be like at the beach doing conditioning workouts. I'd be like on the courts, you know, uh, working on drill work. And during that time, I had just a lot of people that kind of wanted to join in. So my friends, their kids too, okay. uh, they wanted to get ready for their leagues and seasons. And so I would sort of bring them with me and I'd run kind of the workouts for everybody. So okay. it sort of started there and then it, it turned into um, an actual training program. So that's, I, that's the other thing I really want to talk about because I, I think it's so important for um, the people that, that listen to this podcast, especially, you know, the, the kids in high school, um, or people that are really trying to find themselves is that, you know, here you are, um, again, I, I think things truly happen for a reason. And now, you know, you're three years into running your own business. And I think it's really important to kind of tell the stories about, uh, a female business owner, uh, a, a young woman of color who who's doing it, and you know it's it's great, and you're you're very inspirational. You know you you yeah. are both both on the basketball court, but also from an entrepreneurial standpoint. And you know you it's not something you may think about because I know you have the, your everyday life that you're going through. Right. But like from from the outside looking in, like you're truly you're very inspirational within everything that you're doing, and so. Talk a little bit about what it's been like. You went to San Diego State for 
kinesiology <laughs> and not, not, not necessarily running your own business, right? right so right. I, I would love to hear your experiences of running things and hurdles that you've had to jump through, maybe stuff that hasn't worked out and stuff that has really worked out. But what have these three years been like just from a business standpoint? Because truly you're, you're going through the school of life running your business, right? You, right. <laughs> because you didn't go to school for it. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that. Well, like you had mentioned, you know, none of this was really planned, I guess. I didn't have any of this planned. Uh, it, I just sort of took one day at a time. And, and things, you know, I feel like I was blessed that certain opportunities came to me. And um, I sort of ran with it. And, uh, you know, when it's, when it's something you're passionate about, you really care about your, uh, what you do. Uh, it's not work necessarily like whatever hurdles or problems come your way you'll find a way to, to resolve it or to solve it anything that sort of gets in the way I just I want to see my business continue to grow I want to see the kids continue to get better and so whenever a problem comes about I don't I just always find a way to work around it or to make it work because I want to see myself continue to grow. Because I think like an example then would be, you know, if one of our training locations shut down for, you know, construction or there's a league going on, all of a sudden we can't use it. Well, then it's not like training just stops there. I go on the search and look for other places till I find one. And then, sure. you know, we just sort of relocate there then. But at the same time, I think, you know, you can be passionate about it. And I feel like as long as you always have good intentions with your work, you're always trying to help others out, then sometimes you get lucky with certain opportunities that come to your door as well. That's, you know, I, you've, you've really hit on it. And it's, I, I talk about passion a lot. And um, many times I talk to high school kids and, you know, we talk about kind of what their future looks like. A lot of them have, you know, expectations from their family about going into going into the medical field or being a lawyer or being an engineer or you know very high economic or high high money earning jobs and i don't know that the parents necessarily know anything about what it is to be a lawyer or to be a doctor in a medical field and what the rigors are of that but i i like to play devil's advocate with a lot of the kids that i work with and, and really get to make them think about hey what, you know, what really makes you tick and let's figure out a path around that instead of what other people are telling you to do. Because at the end of the day, I truly, I don't want to see any of the kids that I work with at a, a job that they hate and, you know, they're going there eight, nine hours a day and they're just miserable. And I don't think any amount of money can compensate for that dissatisfaction of being at a yeah. job that you you really don't like and so i i love the fact that you didn't go to school for business <laughs> and things happened the way they did for you and <laughs> because my story is very unique i think you know i'm just i'm not the typical person that would you would probably see successful in this field you know i'm a five foot asian girl that didn't play college basketball <laughs> um but my my passion for the game and just in the end my job is to be a teacher right my in the end my job is can i get these kids to be better than they were the day before 
Can you help them with their confidence? Um, and can you get them to execute these, the skill work on the court for them to be successful? So in the end, you know, it doesn't really matter what I am. It's, it's am I a good teacher in helping these kids become better? I just think, because I'm so passionate about it too, I'll study numerous different sources, coaches, trainers, to help my kids get better at it. And, and um, it's like it, it's like you said, it's not work to you when you love it. And that's the thing that um, I like to try to tell people. It's like when you find that and you know when you'll find that, you'll be willing to do just about anything right. because it's not like that nine to five job, right? It's not, right. they're not making you do it. So people need to hear your story more because it's important. I think like what you mentioned too about, uh, you know, kids may be feeling pressured by their parents to get a prestigious job or a high, become a doctor or lawyer, you know, I think my advice for kids growing up is to just observe and volunteer in numerous different fields, Um, whatever you may be interested, just, See if you can go in, observe one day, or become a volunteer in certain settings so you can see what you like, what you don't like. Um, and then just also being conscious while you're growing up what your needs are to be happy, uh, what makes you not happy. Because in the end, I think if you can find something where you're living majority of your life where you're happy, then, like you said, it doesn't feel like work. I think that's important if you want to live at least a happy life. <laughs> Absolutely. And it, it's funny because I was just having a conversation the other day about someone who told me that they wanted to be in the dental field. And I was like, <laughs> what? The, like this, I'm not picturing this person in the, in the dental field. And I said, okay, let's, here's what I want you to try to do this summer is I want you to try to get a job in the dental field and whether you're volunteering or, you know, I, I want you to go into the office and just experience what that's like to see if it is what you like, because, you know, it, it a hundred percent may be what you want to do, but I want you to find that out before you go right. to college and make a commitment right. and like put down all this money and time exactly. and effort into the dental field. And then you get two years in and you're like, oh my God, I want to be a cook because they, they don't like the dental field. So yeah, I mean, you're, you really hit it on the head where I, I, experiences are everything. When you're young and you're able to experience different things about life and really right. try new things and, and figure out what that passion is, you know, I, I was just listening to someone the other day and he was he was talking about, you know, 20 somethings coming up to him and talking to him about like, well, how do I find my passion? And, and this guy's like, you just got to try things out. You have to understand that when you're in your late teens, early 20s, you're super young. Like you have time, right? You have a ton of time to try things out and figure out what it is that really makes you tick and, and what you love to do. I mean, again, I'm going to go back to your, to your situation. You did not think I would guess that you would ever be in the position that you are right now in Hawaii (laughs) running a basketball training, you know, business, like really doing what you love to do. And it took a number of things for you to get there. One being, you know, tearing your ACL and, and, 
things just happen, but it, it takes life's experiences and life's failures to, to really figure some of that stuff out sometimes. And I, the other thing that I think is really important that you talked about is the fact of um, helping others. And, you know, that, that seems to be a big part of you. You know, you talk about enjoying teaching kids and coaching kids, but um, really it sounds like to, uh, something that makes your life a bit whole is that you are helping others, right? And and I think I think that's an important part of life too. Is that you know it's we're we're kind of in the culture the the me 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 culture. Everything's centered around me type of a thing. And um, there's so much to learn about giving and working with other people, different people. I think you're right. It really can make yourself whole and and, and yeah. give you much better perspective on what life really is and what really makes you happy, right? Because yeah. it's not always about me, me, me. It's not always about that new pair of Jordans or that new watch or, you know, the new phone. Um, there's so much more to life that can, can make people happy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, it just helps me feel like I have a, a purpose in what I do. I'm helping people get closer to their goals or just, again, helping them build confidence or social skills that can with them forever you know i also work uh i do teach a class at the ymca for people with parkinson's disease and uh well seniors also that join the class and so sort of seeing the whole spectrum working with young kids to all the way you know your your seniors or seniors with disabilities it's um it kind of gives me a a broad spectrum of, of just different people that i can work with and relate to and it kind of gives you i guess more of an understanding of of different people well Well, and i i i love sitting down with seniors and (laughs) and talking to them i mean i i could sit there and listen to them all day long the 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 ones that i I, i've been fortunate enough to you know talk to and complete strangers at times they have the most incredible stories they've been through they've been through so much in their life and it's just it's fun to just be able to listen to mm-hmm. to them, and and they love talking about it. They they don't get to talk about it all the time. They don't get to talk about it to a new person all the time either. Right. Um, so it's something that you know brings them joy. But it's it's so interesting to me to listen to their stories, and you know, quite frankly, that's why I do this podcast is because everybody has a story, and right. and I think everybody can learn something and if it's just a little something that they can take away from this podcast and that podcast or this story and that story that can better their life you know that's that's why i'm doing this i want you to touch a little bit on um i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest like you're inspiring me like i i want to get more into basketball and get girls into basketball a bit more because i think that um, you know, the, these one sport athletes that we have nowadays, I'm not a big fan of it. I, I, I think that kids, uh, especially kids, should be uh-huh. playing multiple sports. And I, I think that um, there's less injury when you do multiple uh-huh. sports because your body's doing different things. Um, I think that you don't get burned out right. when you're doing multiple sports. And so you've inspired me to... Um, look at starting a basketball program with these kids. I want to take the concept of what I'm doing and, and apply that to basketball because I've, I, I've spoken with a number of basketball players that are in the AAU system and they play at a pretty high level. And I ask them, I'm like, hey, you know, how much freedom do you have to 
do a no look pass or you know do do some kind yeah. of crazy dribble thing and they're like uh no i tried <laughs> i tried something in practice last week and coach made the whole team get on the line and we did sprints because i yeah. did it and i messed up and so you know again to me that's not the game and i think these girls these young women very much want to have a place and they've told me i hey you know what i just want to go ball and that that really said something to me right that it said something in terms of we're limiting these athletes we're 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 kind of programming them to you got to do this you got to do that you got to be in this position in that position i think there's something to be said being able to think for yourself when you're on the court and be creative and not, you know, always have to rely on, you know, this play and that play. And I need to be here and I need to be there. To get back to being a, a young uh, female Asian basketball player, did you see any any adversities with that? Well, where I grew up in Santa Cruz, um, there weren't very many Asians there, actually. Um, I, I was probably one of the very few at okay. my, my high school and all the schools actually that I went to growing up. So I think being a minority, um, I was definitely aware of while, sure. while I was growing up. Um, and so everyone was obviously a lot bigger than me all the time. And, uh, but I don't know. I just, I think when you're always the smallest one on the court, you sort of have to, prove everyone why you deserve to be there yeah. right, or why you deserve playing time. And so that's how I would play. I'd play a lot bigger than what I was. And I don't know. I never really realized how small I am, I guess, until <laughs> until I see myself like in pictures or on video. With, like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I guess I am kind of small. Um, but you can't think like that, though. You know, if, if you if you play the role of, oh, I am the smallest person, I don't really know why I'm here then or I, you know you don't think you deserve that well that's kind of how you're gonna play right but if you have that mentality of no I deserve to play just as much as this person and you know you work hard at it then um and, and that's um, not just basketball right I mean that's right, such an right. important thing in life and that goes to confidence that goes to what you're trying right. to teach Right. Is okay. that look? I belong. It doesn't matter where I come from, how tall, <laughs> short, whatever. Like I can do this and I belong. Right. So mm -hmm. that's important. I love that message. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to think that way, but at the same time, you have to put in the work to <laughs> reflect that mentality as well. Right. <laughs> so. For sure. For sure. Well, this has been amazing. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation. You're doing really great things out there. Um, you. you know, I, I, I was impressed with your Instagram account and all your videos. And now I'm overly <laughs> impressed with your philosophy behind things and what you stand for as as a person. So continue what you're doing. Um, this was this was amazing. So thank you for being on. Thank you so much for having me.